Tuesdays for Hope with New Directions right now on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. It is 941 on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Yeah, I don't think we need cameras in here. We're not ready for prime time yet. Just saying. We just need something. Something <laughs> <laughs> to keep us in order. Um, sure. Yes, it is Tuesdays for Hope, and our CEO, Kathy Jenkins, is here as usual. Good morning, good, Liz. Good morning. Good she, morning, Nick. Good morning, Kathy. She is the CEO of um, New Directions of Horry County. And um, hey, listen, you know, a lot of people talk about different reasons for becoming homeless, and there are as many people there are, there are that many reasons. Absolutely, there are. But oftentimes, it's because of a bad family situation. And yes. it may be parent and child. It may be um, couples. Yes. Re- any yes. type of relationship, mm-hmm. marriage, you know, or not. Um, and so you've probably seen the gamut. We sure have, Liz. Or even last... elderly people oh, yeah. who are put out by their family. Yeah, we've we've had several of those as well. Over the last 10 years with four different facilities and serving single men, single women, families with children, we've seen the whole, well, I hate to say the whole gamut because we haven't served everybody, mm-hmm. um, but we have certainly seen for for every person, there's a little, little different story, a different situation. It's all about meeting someone where they are in their journey out of homelessness Mm -hmm. and connecting them with the right resources. And we can't help everyone. Right. We try. Yes. And there are so many people that are in a situation and they stay in that situation because they don't want to end up homeless. That is that is true. Yeah, that is and true. that's where we see things start to escalate. Well, joining us, and thank you so much for bringing her here. You always are the best producer of this segment. Well, thank you very much. Um, this lady brings a lot of hope, and this segment is about hope, and um, that is her job, is to bring hope to many people who are um, going through the most difficult times in their lives. It's Kim Parsons, the Executive Director of Family Justice Center for Georgetown in Horry County. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we have never met. I'm very familiar with your organization. I've spoken to other members of the organization over the years. Um, the one thing that you have always been working on is creating a new shelter. Yes. And uh, I saw the good news on WMBF News that uh, you got a grant and maybe that will actually come to fruition. Yes, we're very excited about that because, as you mentioned, we have been talking about this for quite some time and we see it so close where we can touch it now. Um, Do you have the land? We do. We do have the land. It's up off of East Cox Ferry Road in Conway. Oh, okay. So we're really excited about the location of the new shelter because we feel like that's going to be more centrally located in Horry County. absolutely. And it's going to be much easier for people to get to the shelter than it is right now because our only shelter is in Georgetown. So if you're a resident here in Horry County, sometimes there's some barriers getting back and forth between Georgetown in Horry yes. County, let's Quite say if your children work or your children work, yes. well, they could work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if your children are going to school or if you have a job in Horry County, mm-hmm. depending on where you're in Horry County, it could be well over an hour one yeah. way right. getting back and forth. So it makes it a little bit difficult sometimes 
when we have clients who are reaching out to us who really do need to be in shelter, mm-hmm. but for just certain circumstances, they don't feel like that that's something they can do at the time. So this is pretty exciting. This will be happening next year. Yes. You think? Yes. Okay. I hope when so. When do you hope to break ground? Do you have a design? Do you know what we it's going to be? What's um, it going to be? We have a design. Um, we were really excited about uh, putting together the design for the shelter. One thing that's going to be very unique about this shelter and different for us is that the administrative offices and the shelter are actually going to be on the same location. Mm. Right now, our shelter and our offices are separate. So our goal and our hope is that clients, when they come to the shelter, are going to be able to be a little bit more engaged, which means they may stay longer because sometimes we see people who come into the shelter and after a week, two weeks, maybe even a couple of days, they mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. And we know they probably go back to the perpetrator. Kim, you must have seen so many different horrific um, stories come through your doorstep. I just wonder, do you worry more about the person that has finally come to you or to the people you have yet to meet? Who do you worry more about? Uh, that's a tough question because we worry about both. Mm-hmm. Um, we worry, I guess, for the person who's come to us seeking services that they will return. Mm. And it typically takes maybe five times for that person to leave a domestic violence relationship before they finally leave for good. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're always worried about the people who are in currently involved with a DV relationship because, you know, during COVID, I think people said, you know, hey, did your numbers increase? Did you see a lot of um, you know people coming and during COVID? And we didn't. Um, people I think because we were more of an open society compared to other places. Well, uh, you know, that, that could be. And then people were also kind of trapped with their mm. perpetrator because maybe the perpetrator worked. So that was their opportunity when they went to work to either flee uh, or to have a break. Mm-hmm. from being there and that person was with them all the time. When some of the stay-at-home restrictions were lifted, we did see people reaching out to us afterwards. Mm-hmm. But what we did see was that the level of violence increased. Mm. So that was very concerning. Um, and then, of course, we always are concerned about the kids because the kids weren't in school. So the kids were there in that environment 24-7 yeah. um, and didn't have an opportunity to get to a safe place, which oftentimes for them is school. So... Um, we worry. We just worry yeah. um, about both. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't want to really disclose. I, I feel like it's counterproductive to disclose um, the, um, I guess, the, the ways that you find women. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I know of a, a few ways that um, where you appear in certain scenarios where you can be in touch with women who may um, be a victim of domestic violence and feel like there's nowhere to turn. And uh, I really didn't want to give that up because, you know, the person in their lives that's perpetrating all this violence and terror on them, and it is terrorism mm-hmm. in so many ways, um, it, it they just uh, maybe won't be able to go there and and possibly be exposed to what you offer. But you will be at this event that we were talking about earlier today on Saturday, October 21st. Um, tell us a little bit about your um, what people can find at your booth. Okay. What they, can they talk to you about? Uh, I don't know if people want to volunteer, they want to donate, they want to help, they need help, they know someone who needs help. Like what kind of resources will you have there? 
So we'll have a table set up. This is the North Myrtle Beach. Um, they do a walk. Um, it was called A Mile in Her Shoes, but now it's a walk a mile, make a difference. Um, but North Myrtle Beach Women's Club has been a huge supporter of us for many years. And they started this. I think this might be their third year that they've been doing the walk. Mm -hmm. So um, lots of different agencies are there. They set up their tables. Um, we will have resources there for anybody that wants to come by and pick up something. We will have uh, staff and volunteers there who will be able to answer questions. We oftentimes get people who come by who know somebody or who are concerned about somebody. We always let them know that we need to speak directly with the client uh, because we need to do what we call a hotline call mm -hmm. to gather some information. And for anybody who's listening, you don't have to give us your name. You can be anonymous. Um, you can just be calling to say, I need some information. What should I do? What we like to do is gather that information. What kind of services do we offer may best fit your situation. And if a person is actively fleeing or really needs to get out of that um, relationship, we like to do um, a safety plan with them. Help them pull together everything. Make it safe when they leave because when you're leaving, that's the most dangerous time for somebody who's mm -hmm. fleeing from that domestic violence situation. And it's not only dangerous for the person who's the victim, but it's also dangerous for maybe a family member or a friend or somebody that's wanting to help. Very good intentions, but we often discourage people from doing that because bad things happen when people are leaving because domestic violence is about power and control. And when that perpetrator is losing control of that person, they're looking at other ways to keep that person with them. So that's when fatalities may occur. Mm. Now, um, one of the things that I, I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about this, there are so many women that are in situations that they talk themselves out of the fact that they are being, I guess, um, victimized. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to see themselves as a victim. And they're like, oh, but he was so great yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we had such a great family weekend. And, oh, he's really trying. And they're always making excuses in their minds um, or to their family members that just maybe maybe it'll get better. Mm -hmm. um, what is the main thing that's usually the when you see the light bulb go off in someone's mind that this is not right for me and I do have a solution? Like they may, I mean, do they see all the doors shut? Do they see like no one would ever want to help them because maybe they have a couple of kids in tow? Um, is it a financial reason? Is it just sheer terror? It can be a little bit of all of the above. Um, I think for our clients, um, reaching out for services is probably the most difficult step. I've had clients who said, I've drove past your office four or five times before I finally mm -hmm. stopped and had the courage to come in. Because what happens in a DV relationship is the perpetrator just keeps wearing you down. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that happens overnight. Um, you know, and you mentioned earlier, oh, well, he was nice, you know, the day before. So I think people don't understand, fully understand. They, they think that, well, if something's happened, why don't they just leave? We get that question all the time. Why don't they just leave? And it's not that simple because this relationship has progressed. It has developed over probably months or years. We have people who've been in DV relationships for 40 years. Jeez. We have wow. people who've been in DV relationships for six months. Mm. Um, the people that are earlier on and are getting out, we're very grateful that they have realized that this is a bad relationship. 
that it probably is not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had people who have been in relationships 10 years, 12 years or so on. Just like a family shaming. Yes. Because right. part of what the DV is, is that the perpetrator starts to isolate you from everybody that's a support network. Mm. So you now have no friends, you have no family. Um, and that's are, a form of abuse. Yes, it just is. Just on its own, isolation. Isolation is a big part of it. And they feel like they're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. If they come to you and you share with your mom, hey, I'm in this relationship and things are really bad. And sometimes we also fight the culture of, well... You know, the old sayings, you Suck made your up. you made your bed, now lie in it, or <laughs> yeah. you grew up in a DV mm-hmm. relationship, so that's normal. what mom knows, mm-hmm. um, or dad. And so it's just kind of expected that you're going to be in that similar relationship. So when you're trying to get out of that, you don't have a lot of support networks. Mm-hmm. And DV isn't always physical. I think people always think it's a physical relationship, and it isn't. It's emotional, it's financial, and it's sexual. And a lot of clients will say... The emotional part of it is worse than the physical part because that just kind of plays in a loop on your head and it's all the degrading things and it's you'll mm-hmm. never be anything and nobody will ever help you. Nobody will ever want to be with you. I have four or five children, um, you know, so who's going to want to help me or who's going to want you now with all these kids? And it's just these kind of berating things that keep on a continual loop in your head. But we want everybody to know that we don't care if you have four or five children or if you have no children. If you're a man, if you're a woman, we're here to help you. We offer counseling services, case management services, court advocacy, and shelter. Mm. A lot of our clients filter through our portal with um, court advocacy because something's happened. The police have been called. Somebody's been arrested. And now they're looking to get what we call an order of protection. And it's a little bit more beefier than a restraining order. And our uh, court advocates work really hard helping people prepare everything that needs to be done to have a court date. Um, One thing that we do see sometimes is that the court date's set, everything's ready to go, and the perpetrator wears them down and manipulates them, and they drop the charges. Wow. Um, And then they go back. Mm. So those are some of the things that we do see. Kim, before we go, because we're almost out of time, and we're speaking with Kim Parsons, the executive director of the Family Justice Center for Georgetown and Horry County. You can just Google Family Justice Center or Georgetown. Go to fjcgtownori.org. That's a difficult website. It is a long one. <laughs> <laughs> we have to fix that one. Um, but you know what? Uh, if there's someone listening right now, what do you want to say to them? Call us. Um, we have a 24-7 hotline that you can call anytime. You can talk with somebody. They will share with you what we do offer. Maybe that works. Maybe it's just you're wanting to gather information. We will help you, give you some tips on when you're ready to leave so that you're safe and your kids are safe. Um, but reach out. Um, again, just reach out. 844 208 What if they want to stop by the office? Maybe they're afraid to use their phone because it's monitored. Yes, and that's a good point. Um, They can definitely walk in to either our Georgetown or our Horry County offices. We're there Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And we have somebody there that will sit down and talk with you. Great. That's amazing. So do something um, and they'll they'll help you through. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Um, We'll be back here tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye, Kathy. Thank you. Bye, Liz. Thanks for listening to the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers.